Masters Week, the NBA playoffs without LeBron, and possibly the luckiest national champion ever. Let's talk about it on a brand new air attack starting right now. I know, Virginia fans, it was your intense defense that made uh, Purdue and Auburn miss crucial free throws down the stretch. I get it. I get it. It was, it was all you guys. So Masters Week at the NHL playoff starting, Stanley Cup playoffs, as they call them, um, NBA playoffs, and, of course, Major League Baseball. Boy, it's a shame the AAF went down. I have nothing to watch, guys. Oh, my God. Please. Yankee fans are all over the team right now because there was a book that came out a few weeks ago that basically revealed that Aaron Boone is not free to make his own decisions. He has a team of... Uh, analytics guys right there in the tunnel behind him and he's probably not the only one but you know Yankee fans are supposed to be special and the manager's supposed to be great and everything like that some of the team's not playing well you gotta blame something anyway it's you know it's, it's been a week and a half guys calm down really um, it is Masters week and you know it's, it's a week I look forward to every year um, a lot of sports fans do especially golfers obviously it does get you know you've seen a little bit of almost sour grapes this week and people talking about it. they're tired of hearing about the masters they're tired of, well if you're tired of hearing about it i don't know what to tell you just don't watch it you don't have to watch i just gave you a bunch of other stuff you can watch on tv this week i'm not gonna hold it against you i don't care but it really is if you talk to anybody who's been there and i have i talked to a lot of people who have been there it really is that great like the place is immaculate they they basically spend the entire year gearing up for this event it is a private golf club. Augusta, Augusta National has members. They bring their guests there. They play. But you are not allowed to play there the way you could play at a regular place. Like you, don't get to, like, you don't get to show up there three times in a week with a different guest each time. You don't get to do that. I think you only get like half a dozen guests a year there. Maybe it's a dozen now. Maybe they've loosened it up. They've obviously started allowing women in there, which I promise you is a big deal. <laughs> okay, for that place. That's only in the last maybe decade or so. Um, but, you know, years ago, to give you an idea of how much money they have down there, years ago... The National Organization of Women. Remember, they staged a boycott. This was, this was probably 15, 20 years ago at this point. And so what, what the Masters did at that point is said, you know what? You want to have a boycott of our sponsors? They only have a few sponsors because they only have six minutes of commercials per hour. That's one of the things they pride themselves on there. They said, okay, you know what? This year, we're not going to have sponsors. And I think that year, the sponsors were going to be Cadillac and IBM. So the Masters said, listen, we're going to let you out of your commitment for the year. And the commercials were just Masters commercials. <laughs> That's all they were. And when you go there, what's, what's kind of cool, if you can actually get a ticket, now you're going to pay through the roof for the ticket. But when you get in there, the hot dogs and the, the, the beers and the sodas and whatnot are not very expensive. And they're famous for having these very sort of simple, traditional uh, refreshments that don't cost a lot of money. Even the, like, even the napkins that you get are green, just in case one of them gets dropped on the ground so it won't look so bad on TV. It, it's really it's a fascinating place. A buddy of mine got to go a few years ago. He stayed in a house next to the club, he got access to the Magnolia Club, which is a you know private tent inside the inside the club itself, and he had this you know this great week. And he's telling me about it. I said, "Do you realize you had one of the most exclusive experiences that there are in all the sports?" And he, he got it. But he's a soccer guy. He's actually from England. He's a soccer guy. He it just it just happened that he had moved to Atlanta for about a year and a half. Met a guy down there, and the guy was you know got a lot of money. I think he was a I think he was I think he had gone to Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. The guy had a lot of money, just kind of lived like a very, you know, sort of like a high rollers lifestyle. And they went down there and had a good time. He brought a buddy and I said, man, you had one of the one of the most unattainable, you know, sports experiences you can get. And he goes, hey, look, next time uh, I'll see if I can get you in. I'll, I'll see if I can bring you. I said, oh, that'd, that'd be fantastic. The only problem is the high roller, the guy that brought him is now dead. And they, nobody knows exactly what happened. to The, the rumor is that he's, he got murdered. Apparently it was one of those things where he kind of, 
He had like one of those elevated outdoor patios, I believe. You know, like a deck, but it's like two or three stories high. And they found him over the edge of that. His wife was Russian. She had some kind of maybe maybe a little bit of a shady family, that kind of thing. Anyway, that's not the point. The, the circumstances of his demise are not the point. The point is, I never got to go to the Masters. That's the point. So still to this day, it's, it's very, if you get a chance to go, even, even if you don't like golf, go. And then if you don't like it, you can, you can talk about it forever. But not a lot of people get to go to the Masters. So it really is a lot of fun um, for, the, for the few that get to go. And it's a lot of fun to watch, too. And if you, if you talk to the players, a buddy of mine told me this a long time ago. And I didn't believe him when I was younger because I, I played a lot of golf when I was younger. And he said the one they all really want to win is the Masters. And I said, no, nah, they'll win. You know, any major, you know, the British is a big deal. The U.S. Open's a big deal. They are big deals. But the one they really want to win, they really want to put on the green jacket. They, they really, really do. So that's this week. And, of course, the playoffs start and everything else. You don't, you know, if you don't watch the golf, you'll, you'll have something else to watch. That's for sure. Um, as far as the Final Four went, um, it may sound like sour grapes because I did, you know, I did put out Texas Tech as my pick for Monday. Texas Tech should have won that game. Never mind getting a point and a half, two points, whatever it was. They should have won that game. At the end of the game, now this is Texas Tech's fault. You have got to guard the three-point line. You're, you're up by three points. What are you doing? Let Ty Jerome go all the way to the basket. Who gives a shit? Let him keep making layups. You make your foul shots, you're national champions. Just get out on the perimeter. Now, DeAndre Hunter made a big shot. I'm not discounting that. And I'm not discounting what Kyle Guy did in the last few seconds against Auburn either. You know, with, that, with, the, with the, big three, the big three in the corner. And yes, that was a foul at the end. That was a foul at the end. However, there were calls that should have gone their way too, especially the Ty Jerome double dribble. I don't care if it went off his foot or not. These are three officials working a Final Four. Somebody's got to see that. And I'm listening to people make excuses for the, for the refs and say, well, you know, the ball, usually if it hits a guy's foot, it bounces a long way away. What the fuck do I care if it bounces a long way away? The guy was dribbling, then he picked the ball up with two hands and he started dribbling again. Now, did I pick it up? To be fair about it, no, I didn't. And there's there are a lot of times I'll, I'll pick things up and I'll say, wait a second, he, he didn't get that ball back in bounds before he landed. He landed out of bounds. He didn't, th- you know, I'll, I'll see stuff like that that maybe the officials don't see. That was not the case here. I did not pick it up. And maybe because Oprah was playing very intense defense and trying to, you know, trying to foul, maybe it was confusing where it looked like the ball was poked away. The guy was dribbling behind his own back. And then it hit his foot. I mean, come on, guys. You've got to see that. You have got to see that. And these refs, again, they just freeze up. And it's ridiculous. And again, here again, 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 Bruce Pearl's having the kid foul. After that, after that sequence where the ball is, is loose, you know, Virginia gets the ball back, or Jer- Jerome gets the ball back, and next thing you know, he's at half court with two seconds left, and Auburn still fouls him. He would have had a, a long-range heave at the buzzer there basically off balance again and they foul him and they bail him out and that sets up the final play and yada 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 that's how it is but again a, a missed free throw from Auburn I mean all those things had to happen all those things had to happen that was ridiculous I'm sorry that was I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous the way Auburn lost that game and the Purdue game before that forget it I mean that was that was crazy I mean for them to get to overtime was just was just crazy enough but then at the you know in the in the Texas Tech game the officiating I mean I'm not trying to sound like I'm into conspiracy theories. I'm not trying to sound sour grapes. The officiating was so one-sided in that game. It was ridiculous. And Texas Tech got a couple calls they shouldn't have either. Just to be fair about it. There's just a couple. But there was call after call after call. where I mean, Texas Tech's going to the hoop. They're getting mugged, and there's nothing. And Kyle Guy maybe gets scraped, and all of a sudden, babe, is going to the line. And the coup de grace, the icing on the cake, was that phantom at the end of the game, I think it was an overtime, that phantom tripping call where two Virginia players trip each other and the guy calls Moretti for a foul on Texas Tech. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, he's right there. 
And I'll tell you what that was. He, he, he didn't have his head up in the right position. He sees, he sees Kyle Guy go down. Bam, it's a foul. Can't miss that call, right? You can't have three guys doing games in the Final Four, much less the title game. That doesn't matter. Final Four, it's, you know, they're, they're all big. They're all big. You know, Elite Eight games are big. They're all big. You can't have three guys doing these games and not get together and say, wait a second. That was incidental contact between two players in the same team. It's out of bounds. It's Texas Tech's ball. Can't have that happen. I'm sorry. Now, did they, listen, Virginia never quit. I get it. They didn't fold. They didn't put their heads down. They actually, you know, Tony Bennett drew up, drew up plays. But everything, I mean, everything had to go right for these guys. So, congratulations. I mean, maybe you change your name to the Rasputins after this. So, a celebration in, uh, in Charlottesville. Good for them. I moved out. And by the way, if you think I'm bitter, if you listened to the show last week, I gave two picks right here that both won. So if you must know, I went two and two in the, you know, overall in the final four, I went two and two. So that's how that went. Um, what was my, my other loser was, oh, Aub I think I had Auburn team total over in the second half against Virginia. And then they came out of the gate, didn't score for almost six minutes and still missed that by two points. So I did okay. It's not, a, it's not about, you know, win or lose. I'm not gonna, it's not gonna affect my analysis of the game. Sometimes good picks lose. Sometimes good picks, I'm sorry, good picks lose. Sometimes bad picks win. That's how it is. The Virginia-Texas Tech game obviously could have gone either way, but if you, if you really get down to it, Texas Tech should have won that game. And part of it's their fault. No question about it. For a team that's so you know, defensively sound and whatnot, that was just an absolute breakdown. But give, but give Hunter credit. Give Kyle Guy credit from the game before. They obviously had a big part in it. Virginia finally gets its national title, and they get this big comeback story, you know, losing to UMBC the year before, story of redemption. Something you see in a movie, almost as if the whole thing was scripted. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not saying it was scripted. I'm just, yeah, you know, it's kind of convenient. No, I'm kidding. I was so, I will say this. That was the first year I didn't watch One Shining Moment when, they, when the championship game was over. Unless I was out at a place that wasn't showing. Like, sometimes you go to a bar and you watch the game. And next thing you know, they turn the channel to something else because they don't know what they're doing. But um, usually I would at least stay up for One Shining Moment. And between the fact that they drag on and the way, the way there's the end of the game unfolded, I was like, no, I'm not watching that. Sorry. I do, I do not like losing that game just because it's the last one of the year. And people can say, okay, on to the next one, but on to the next what? I'm not going to go start firing away on NHL playoffs. It's not going to happen. NBA playoffs, I might get involved in a little bit, but, you know, between that and what, Major League Baseball? So it is a long time to college football season. I don't like losing that game, but it is what it is. That's, you know, that's gambling. Um, NBA stuff, LeBron and the Lakers obviously will not be in the playoffs. And then in a sort of a bizarre twist, Magic Johnson just up and quits basically through the media, which... Is, is bizarre to say the least. I mean, here's a guy who's got nothing but history with that team, a very deep history, a very meaningful history with that team, uh, a team that stood by him, you know, in the 90s where um, it wasn't really, you know, we didn't know a lot about HIV and, and AIDS back then other than that it was really bad. And yet a team and an organization that stood by him back then, I believe he coached them for a little while, he's had a front office job since then. And this is not all about the HIV stuff. It's just about he's got a, he's got a long and storied history with them. For him to quit the way he did was odd. Um, is this LeBron's fault? I'm not saying it's LeBron's fault. Does LeBron have something to do with it? Possibly. Um, but you knew this year was going to be a strange year for LeBron. It was going to be a strange year for the Lakers anyway. They, they weren't going anywhere with this team. LeBron tried to trade pretty much every bit of it to get Anthony Davis. And I think that maybe right there is what rubbed him the wrong way. Because isn't it kind of strange that better days are obviously right ahead of you? Right, there's no, you know, there's no doubt they're going to make moves this offseason. They're going to get a, you know, a decent draft pick. Why would you want to leave now? You know, maybe it is that maybe it is he can't stand LeBron because LeBron kind of thinks that he's, you know, 
He's bigger than Magic. Bigger than any GM. He's definitely bigger than his coach. I mean, he's already, he's already floating rumors out there that they're getting rid of their coach. And it's not like we haven't seen that before. He tried to run Spolstra out of Miami. He ran David Blatt out of Cleveland. Hey, that's what he does. So if you want to know, see, to me, this year, the, the fact that LeBron's not in the playoffs is obviously something the NBA doesn't want. But then again, look at it this way. The NCAA didn't want a Final Four without Zion Williamson. And they had a pretty good one, didn't they? I mean, that was as enter- and that was that was entertaining enough that you weren't even thinking about Duke. You were like Zion, who? Seriously, and it's nothing against Zion. I got I got nothing against that kid. He's going to be mega rich very soon, very very soon, and deservedly so. Good for him. But I mean, once once Duke was out of it, you know, the casual fan was like, oh man, this kid's not going to play. This sucks. Well, you know what? They had a great Final Four. It was a great Final Four. It was very entertaining. And the NBA playoffs now you get to focus on you know James Harden a little bit, the Warriors. Uh, onto DeCoupo. This will be his, you know, his time to shine. The, the league will be okay without him, but I just think the way he went about this year, you know, the antics with the Anthony Davis trade, um, sort of flirting, sort of walking a, a thin line between tampering and not tampering. Um, and then on top of it, the fact that he moves to LA, is he in LA because he wants to win a title? Because he went to Miami because he wanted to win a title. Let's face it, that team was, that basically was a store-bought team, right? It was hand-picked. And him and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, boy, they, they, they love playing coy. There's nothing, nothing cooler than three adult men who are all filthy rich playing coy when everyone knows what they did, but they're all pretending like they didn't do it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, oh my God, it's, it's just so admirable. Chris Bosh goofing around on sports. I don't know where he's going, man. Giggling, you know, giggling. It looks like he's, looks like he's completely stoned out of his mind. Just giggling like he has no idea where LeBron's going to go. We all knew what they were doing there, but he, he did it because he wanted to win a title. Then he left there because he wanted to go to Cleveland and bring Cleveland a title, and he did. He didn't just bring the Cavs a title. He brought Cleveland a title. But then that started going south. Now he goes to L.A., but did he go to L.A. to, re- to really win a title? Well, I'm sure he wants to be better than he is now. This is garbage, and I'm sure he wants to win a title. Let's face it. He's got a house out in L.A. He's making a remake of Space Jam in L.A. Does a show for HBO. I'm I'm guessing they shoot that in L.A., right? He also does one for something on ESPN called More Than an Athlete. So, you know, when you go gaga over LeBron and all the great things he does and, oh, he built a school and everything. Yeah, he did build a school and that's great and it's great for those kids. And I like it if more athletes did that. But then again, you know, you heard him talk about this is bigger than basketball. And then all of a sudden he's got a web a web show called More Than an Athlete. Do you really think that's a, I mean, do you think that's a coincidence or not? He has cashed in on that stuff tenfold. For whatever money he put up of, of his own, whatever money he was able to raise through his foundation, he's, he's cashed in on those kids tenfold. So if you, if you love him so much, tell me why you got a problem with Tim Tebow building, building hospitals and schools around the world. I'll go ahead and give you a, a chance to collect your thoughts on that. But yeah, the, the, answer, the answer is, you know, you can't really come up with one. That's the answer there. So you sometimes question with LeBron because his body language on the floor. I mean, when Kyle Kuzma's got to shove LeBron James towards his man to get out on defense, okay, that, that's where you're entitled to say something. And I know what he's done for the league. I understand his accomplishments, yada, yada, yada. But the way he's acting right now, the way he's acted in the last maybe like six months, has sort of tarnished the way people look at him. Doesn't diminish anything he's accomplished. Doesn't diminish how great of a player he is. I mean, if he, if he, you know, announced tomorrow, if he pulled, if he pulled what Magic Johnson did, which he would never do, but if he pulled what Magic Johnson just did and say, "I'm not going to be here next year," hey, he'd be in the Hall of Fame in a few years, and that, and that would be it. It would be a great career. But it's almost like now he's just. It's almost like now he's cashing in on his accomplishments to the point where 
he doesn't respect Magic Johnson as part of the Lakers. This isn't like this wasn't like LeBron went to um, the Knicks and Magic Johnson somehow got hired by James Dolan because because that would be because that that wouldn't be crazy enough, right? And you know somehow James Dolan and Magic Johnson, but LeBron, but you know LeBron James wants to make decisions. No, but this is Magic Johnson in the in the setting where you know he made his na- a name for himself. He spent his entire career with the Lakers, right? So I mean, this is this is a big deal. Magic Johnson's a part of the Lakers and now feels like he has to step down. And Magic Johnson don't need the money, people. If you haven't noticed, he's got other stuff going on: movie theaters, the Dodgers, everything else. And Magic Johnson doesn't need this bullshit. Now, you want to say he just happened to leave right now? Yeah, you could say that, but I'm not buying it. I think, he, I think he's tired of LeBron's antics. And we'll see how the next three years go with this guy. You know, it'll be, it'll be kind of fascinating to watch, but it's, you know, who really does want to go play with him? Who doesn't want to play with him? It looks like Anthony Davis wants to play with him. It looks like it, but who knows if, who knows if New Orleans is going to give him their wish? A lot of people think New Orleans is going to ship Anthony Davis to Boston. The question is, does LeBron really care at this point? I know he's a competitor. I know he wants to win, but did he go to L.A. to win? Or did he go to L.A. for other reasons? That's, that's the question. And listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking a guy who wants to be near his family. If you want to throw that at me, go ahead. Go right ahead. Oh, he wants to be near his family. What's the matter with you? Nothing, nothing wrong with me. I'm just saying that he went to Miami to win, and then he went back to Cleveland to win. I'm not sure he went to L.A. to win. And that's it. The other NBA stuff from this week... You know, the Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki retirement tour. I know it's good for ratings, guys, but this is not Mariano Rivera. This is not Michael Jordan. It's not Gretzky. I mean, these are very good players. Who's the better player? I don't take your pick. I mean, it depends on what you're looking for, I guess. There was a little bit of of a debate in the media this past week about Paul Pierce and Dwayne Wade. I'm not sure how it even came up. I mean, who, who you would take on your team. I mean, I would take either one of those guys on my team. They're different players. If I had, now listen, if my team had the ball with seven seconds left and, you know, they were down by two, okay, and it was, you know, do you want D. Wade or Paul Pierce? I want Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce was deadly. Paul Pierce was absolutely deadly in those situations. But it's not like I'd be unhappy if I had Dwayne Wade. And next thing you know, Gabrielle Union's getting involved in it. And the other thing is this, okay, I don't need, I know the guy is on his way out of the league. I know there's other opportunities these days for athletes after they retire, like, like more than there ever have been. And so media becomes a big part of that. But why on earth would Dwayne Wade do an interview with Gabrielle Union and a baby? Okay, why would you want to be reminded of Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union, and a baby if you know anything about the history with those two? Give me a... Because the first thing I'm thinking is like, that's their baby, right? Not the quote-unquote, you know, air quotes, love child that he had a few years ago when she and he were on a basically Ross and Rachel type of break. They call it a break all they want, but he wouldn't have had a kid with somebody else. And somehow they're still together. So spare me the Norman Rockwell painting of how great they are and what you know, happy family they are. By the way, I didn't realize she's like nine years older than him. I don't know what's going on with you. I mean, first A-Rod and now Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade's 37. She's I didn't realize she's 46. She looks fantastic for 46. She looks fantastic for any age. But spare me the you know the the leave it to beaver routine. Give it come on, guys. Stop. The first thing I thought of, I'm like, you're really you're really posing with a you really want people thinking of you and a baby, Dwayne? That's not no. No, your handlers did not, they didn't, they didn't think that through. Sorry. Dirk Nowitzki, obviously a different kind of a player, um, a lifer with the Mavs. In fact, that's what he told Kobe, apparently. Kobe tried to get him to the Lakers a few years back, and he said, no, man, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Dallas guy. I respect both the guys. They both had very good careers. I, I, mean, I mean, I think he'd be happy to have 
you know, either one of those guys in your organization. Now, of course, D. Wade finishes his, his career um, at Brooklyn last night, and there's Carmelo, and of course, LeBron. LeBron gets to be on the court right after the game, because, hey, he's, he's LeBron. I think, I think Chris Paul showed up, too. Those guys, hey, listen, I, I respect that. The guys are very, very tight. Dirk, Dirk really wasn't that kind of guy. Dirk is just the kind of guy who, you know, when you play in Dallas your entire career, never played with LeBron, never really played with another big star. The biggest star he probably ever played with is the kid on his team right now. You know, uh, was it Donkage? So uh, that's probably the biggest star he's ever played with. So, hey, listen, two good players. Neither one's going to be in the playoffs this year. Both headed to the Hall of Fame. Uh, good for them. But sometimes they, sometimes with the media, with this stuff, I think they lay it on just a little bit thick. On that note, you know, a few years ago, Derek Jeter retired, and then he came up with this uh, Players' Tribune. Not just him, I'm sure, but his name's on Just like with the Marlins. It's not just him, but, you know, he's, he's got his face on it. And um, it's, an, it's a way for athletes to write their own articles, basically to avoid being misquoted, okay, because the media in, the, in this country is just so honest, right? So, so basically, the Players' Tribune gives the guys a chance to write their own articles, and I'm sure they get help with it and whatnot, but it's, it's kind of cool because you hear straight from, from the guy or the girl. So in this case, Kyle Korver writes an article about racism in America and how he must hold his fellow white men accountable, uh, even for things like slavery, where they're not guilty for it, but they're still responsible for it, whatever the hell that means. It sounded a lot like Kyle was enjoying a few bong hits before he wrote this article, honestly. When you say stuff like that, what do you mean you're not guilty of it, but you're responsible for it? Listen, I like Kyle Korver as a person and as a player. I really do. I think he's another guy you'd love to have on your team. He does all the, the, the right things. He's a great spot-up shooter, one of, the, one of the better shooters you'll ever see. You know, he's a role player, but he's excellent in that role. Just lost a brother a few years ago. Uh, he's been through some stuff. Um, you know, he's, I believe he was on the, the championship team with LeBron, right, in Cleveland. Um, good guy. But when you're 38 years old and you've had countless black teammates over the years and you played in various NBA cities, right? I believe he's played in Washington. He played, played in Atlanta, um, Chicago. Actually, not, maybe not Washington, but, but uh, Chicago, Atlanta, Cleveland. Now he's in Utah. Don't wait till you're 38 years old and you're on the verge of retiring to go ahead and tell me how woke you are, okay, and, and throw the entire, you know, you know, you know the, the guilty white man routine at me. Okay, do me a favor, please. If you're going to write something like that, or you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be quoted as saying that, because that's why I brought the thing up about, about Jeter. Jeter only came up with this a few years ago, but Kyle Corbett could have said it 10 years ago. Could have said it five years ago. Now that he's 38 and is on his way out of the league, all of a sudden he wants everyone to know how woke he is. I wonder where I've seen that routine before. Last week, I ripped into Ron Darling because he wrote a book where he you know, threw Lenny Dykstra under the bus for a, a comment that he allegedly made 33 years ago that still nobody can account for. Nobody can corroborate that this happened except somehow Ron Darling. He heard Lenny Dykstra from the on-deck circle, and the entire the reason he was bringing it up was that he felt so guilty for not fighting racism. And now, a couple days later, here's Kyle Korver with an article to that same effect. You know what? Spare me. Just do me a favor. I mean, there, there are so many things you can do as an NBA player. Like, you have such a, you have such a, a wide reach. You have such a, a capability. You travel the country. You have a massive audience. You're going to have a Twitter following. Follow me, by the way, on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. Hey, listen, you, you, can, you, can, you can do a million things. Get involved with any charity you want to. I mean, any charity would love to have an NBA player there. But no, I'm going to go write an article in the Players' Tribune telling everyone about racism in America. Come on, man. We got college professors for that. I mean, really, come on. And you're doing it. You're doing it during a week when Dwayne Wade and, and Dirk Nowitzki are on this retirement tour. You're doing it in a week, you know, when you're leading up to the NBA playoffs. I just, 
I'm sorry. And maybe listen. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'm wrong about this. But this came across as completely self-serving and a little bit tone deaf. And that's coming from a guy who actually has led Kyle Korver for most of his career. I get that you can grow up and you can mature as you, you know, as an athlete. You know, from 25 to 30 to 35 to 40, and you know, you know, in your days beyond your playing career. I get all that. You can do it, and you can feel free to say whatever you want. I mean, you guys are allowed to say what you want. Uh, it's. You know, that's, that's what America is, and you can use your celebrity for whatever, you know, whatever message you want to get out there. That's fine. But do me a favor and make it a different message. Make it, make it something that is packaged a different way than what I just heard an ex-athlete say a week and a half ago in an effort to promote his book. Okay, because otherwise it just comes across as self-serving nonsense. And that's all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter and SoundCloud at BCAK The Man. And very important here, very, very important, be sure to subscribe to The Air Attack with BC The Man on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor.fm, and the Anchor app. We'll close it out tonight the way we used to. Every time we, cra- we crown a new champion, boy, there's beads with Mellow. This is Realist to Run It. I am BC The Man. I will see you guys next time. On the air attack. Happen to rap, little snot nose nigga posted up with the strap. That go officer smelly, got tossed that heat in the alley. Got the little up on that pussy, ain't going to the county. Last week they had me hemmed up, I was all ripped up. Cameras on the pole, shit the pigs trying to film us. Blue Jets came home, shit that nigga still nuts. Try me if you want, I guarantee he let that steel bust. Loyalty is everything, real, recognized, real. Adapt to my environment, it's kill or be killed. Welcome to my gangland. I show you how these streets feel. I don't take L. I don't know how the feet feel. I was on the scene, ho. Crib smelling like primo. This was a reality. My mind couldn't dream, ho. Yeah, I had a wild dead childhood. You niggas ain't about shit. You just make it sound good. I'm the realest of money. I just happen to rap. I'm the realest of money. I just happen to rap. I'm the realest of money. I just happen to rap. I ain't got a clap out of niggas scared of that black. I just happen to rap, I'm the realest of money. I just happen to rap, I'm the realest of money. I just happen to rap, I ain't got a clap, I don't make a scale of that black it ain't a full moon, still bought the wolves out. I smell blood, time to snatch a nigga jewels off. Pistol out the window soon as we pull off. Setting up alarms with that four-four bulldog. Block full of shooters, you better beware, man. Corona turn in my city, you a dead man. Trusting all black shoppers everywhere, man. One chopper knock the top off of that care bear. We don't care about the cameras on that light pole. Mask on, hooded up all night, ho. Send my shorties at you, they don't like the fight, though. Me and B be the monsters in Chicago. Don't up in name if you ain't gon' pull a trigger, nigga. The next time we meet, I show you how to kill a nigga. A monkey with that AK, banana clipper, nigga. Honeycomb hideout, chillin' with my nigga, bigger. Happen to rap, 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 happen to